Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show, where it has been a week, quite a week of Orlando-related news, and we are here to break it all down. Of course, literally, as we were finishing the last show, news broke. Uh, This week, it has all kind of culminated into what was reported has now happened, and now we're going to break it all down and see what that means for both City, Pride, and, hey, OCB is back now. And to help me do that. <laughs> oh no! Our table! It's broken! <laughs> and to help me. Austin, uh, break let's see if we could down. break the. Let's see if we could break the record for showing our asses this week and just get as many things wrong as possible. Oh, that's that's Gavin Eubank. The problem is I'm on the show this week, so you can't do an inverse Brad Stradamus. No, and that is Brad Newton, of course. I'm Austin David. Hey, we're the Orlando Soccer Show. We're going to talk about everything that has happened in the last week of Orlando soccer, starting with Orlando City. They made their cuts. It is official. There are players now officially gone. And it's not necessarily as many as you would think, but it's still necessary to talk about. The biggest thing that I would probably say is the fact that all of the homegrown players did not have their contracts picked up. All of them declined. That is David Luera, Raul Aguilera, and Jordan Bender. They still have uh, Michael Holiday and Thomas Williams under contract, but three of the five homegrown players that they had on roster, not including Benji Michel, had their options declined. Now that, in on the surface, was very interesting, but... With the news of OCB coming back, and based on some of the social media posts that some of the players have had, especially uh, Rio Hope Gund had an a Instagram post, and I think David Luerez commented on it and said, let's get it this year, and then put a little lion. So the assumption is that all of the young players, including Derek Dodson and Rio Hope Gund, will most likely be joining OCB. Which, yeah, that, that would make sense as to why their MLS contracts weren't picked up. Mm-hmm. If, especially if they're going to be signed to ones with OCB, uh, why would you tie up uh, your MLS contracts to players that aren't going to feature for your first club, uh, Inter Miami? Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's just that that seems like smart uh, front office work on the club's mm-hmm. part. If that, I mean, if that if what appears to be true is the case, um, they it may have... not it may not be all of them. I will quantify that. Yeah, it just, I mean, it seems like, at least yeah. for uh, Loera and Aguilera, because they for they foregone forgo forgave their uh, last season of college to join Orlando City early, so it'd be and, kind of a slap and, in the face to give up on them like right out of the gate. And Dodson would be a weird one to give up on too, considering like the club loaned him out and you know drafted him 
with their uh, first round pick last year. So I mean, Dotson and Rio Hope Gun were first round picks. Yeah. So I I mean, I get not picking up Emmanuel Moss's contract, but the other younger guys on the club, I I would think that that means that they're being, you know, now brought now, over to OCB. I would say that about all of them except for Jordan Bender. And the reason I say that is Jordan has had a very tenuous time with Orlando City because not only did he come, he joined the SEMA program in 2018 and spent some time there, then joined OCB in 2019 when they were basically nothing. Uh, He signed and played a couple games with Orlando City proper in that time frame. Um, But there was a lot going on in the 2018 time when he was with SEMA. Uh, I can't really get into it right now, but basically there was a lot of bad blood between him and Orlando City based on stuff that happened. Let's let's forego all journalistic credibility and begin reckless speculation. No, I will not do that. And uh, listen, I've talked with Jordan in the past. All he wants to do is play and get playing time. If it's with Orlando City B, again, for the second straight time, uh, he'll, he'll possibly do that, but he may end up looking elsewhere. I think he's just kind of tired of, of being run around for the last, what, three, four years now with Orlando City. I think he realistically just wants to go somewhere where he believes he will play. And whether that's with Orlando he'd... City or not, that is to be determined. But, I mean, I think he'd play with OCB, though. I mean, that's the yeah, thing. If but he's like, looking for playing time, he's I, it would be I think weird. It, it would be weird, yeah. No, I think if, if Orlando City is committed to him they did loan him out to charlotte where he played in 15 games this past season which is Mm -hmm. good you know getting playing time uh but he didn't get as much playing time as the team would have wanted him to get so at the same time or yeah with charlotte yeah Yeah. so i i think the team is still interested in him i'm just interested to see if the if he is interested in the team still or if he's going to look at my thing is my thing is he's a homegrown player and and obviously you know I'm not an MLS rules like wonk guy but homegrown like to have that homegrown tag is beneficial to the team so to <laughs> release him from that contract and then bring him back to OCB I I'm assuming there's you can't just re-sign a kid to a homegrown contract you know like he was already well, he, he retains already the homegrown, homegrown rights Yeah but I mean if if they've ended that contract can you re-sign someone to a, a contract even though you're it's a new contract so you, that mm. that designation wouldn't be there well like if, i said if, like this is if you're this signing is him to ocb if you're signing him to ocb it wouldn't make a difference right but if you're gonna bring him back to orlando city he's no longer that homegrown player which at least as of right at least as far as i know like that salary doesn't count against the cap or it only has a very small cap hit like the, the way that the mechanisms work, which is why play, like teams like Dallas, like they sign so many homegrown players because it's beneficial to the roster and beneficial to the salary cap hits that those players take. Um, I mean, I, I believe everything that you're saying about as far as maybe where things might be going. But if you're going to keep a homegrown player, because it's not like a draft pick like Dotson, Hope Gun, like those guys aren't homegrowns. You can just re-sign them to different contracts and with all these different stipulations. But the homegrown tag specifically is kind of what makes me question if Orlando does plan to retain him, because it wouldn't be hard to just 
keep him at the bottom of your roster as one of those supplemental uh, supplemental spots and then loan him out to OCB. Yeah, but the thing with that is if they don't believe that they're ready now to get playing time with the MLS side and they need to get them minutes, it makes more sense to open up some of those roster spots to bring in players that will get that time. Like there might be some other young players through the academies that they want to sign. Like Kembo Guadalupe. Like he he's a player that I've heard Oscar talk about a multitude of times in terms of uh, signing him to a homegrown contract. Uh, there's a lot of options out there of what they could do. As of right now, there we just don't know. And and that question in regards to the contract situation, that would be more like a Paul Tenori or a Sam Stashkel question, uh, who are probably more well-versed in those kind of rules. See, because that's just what gets me is, like, I, I get clearing roster spits, but, like, FC Dallas has, like, 15 home cards. So, like, where are they storing all those? They're not on the senior club roster. No, they're getting loaned down to the uh, the USL League One side. Right, so then in that scenario, like they're they're getting loaned out, so they're not on the roster anymore. They're not on mm-hmm. the active roster, right? So like that space isn't an issue. There's also some players on that League One team that are homegrown players that came through the academies, signed with the team, and then have now signed with the League One side. So they are no longer affiliated or being loaned down to the team. They're just on the team. Think about it this way. If it's the team's not giving up on them, they're just saying, you're not ready for this yet. And they want to try and see if they could be ready for this by playing them in USL League One. Or the equivalent of USL League One, which will be the uh, MLS Next Pro, I believe is what it's called. Mm, uh, we'll, yes. get to, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to finish out the rest of the Orlando City uh, extensions at roster update etc now the guaranteed contracts for next year alexander alvarado sylvester van der water fulfredo rivera also a homegrown player junior urso antonio carlos michael holiday homegrown robin jansen kyle smith and thomas williams homegrown and pedro galese uh they exercised options on tesho which probably is dividing the fan base right now uh daryl dk benji michelle homegrown Joey Desart, Sebas Mendez, Andres Perea, Jean Moutinho, Juan, Rodrigo Schlegel, God Adam Grinwis, and Mason Stadahar, homegrown. And yes, Brad is not a huge fan of Juan. Just the bane of my life at left at that at that left back position. You mean right back position? Right back. You know what? When I look at it, left back, right back. You know. They both, I, both, I don't both know. starters, both of the key guys there give us headaches in different ways, don't we? Jean for injuries and Huan for well, being Huan. No, not the only reason, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> one guy both on field and off field, one guy just mostly on the field. So, yeah. Brad doesn't like so, Huan, Jean doesn't <clears throat> like us. So, you know, it's kind of. As I was saying, in terms of the rosters, we already talked about Nani, and you mentioned Emmanuel Moss not having his option being picked up. The other players that are out of contract, this is where it gets interesting. Chris Mueller, the club actually did offer a, they extended a bona fide offer to him, basically just to 
allow the club to maintain the first right of refusal. Yeah, which, just basically like, hey, uh, don't come back to another MLS team for free. Yeah, pretty much. They also extended one to Alexandra Pato, and they're in discussions with him to return for 2022. Thoughts? Okay. Um, I mean, I, there, I don't, I don't have anything to base that decision off of. So it's like, okay. Yeah, cool. I mean, what doesn't he? It's not he gonna played. Kill you. He played a whole five games for the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if he's healthy, then we saw some Big talent. If. I mean, we. He, he, yeah, I mean, he wasn't terrible i mean like no. Brad said, if the I, price I, I is right really you can bring him back but i don't know yeah. if like if he gets hurt again well that's the thing he doesn't have leverage to say yeah i want this kind of deal like so orlando's yeah. like hey if you want to play here this is what we'll give you to play like, here. yeah we'll offer you a contract like you you can yeah. come back if you want it'll be at really really cheap prices but we'll give you a team to play on that that being said pato could also just say you know just stay in brazil that's fine i mean he played all of 106 minutes this year yeah so, uh, well he, he played 106 minutes in the regular season yeah. and then 10 minutes in the postseason so 116 minutes total i mean and arguably the best performance he had was that first game against atlanta united where he lasted all of 77 minutes before being hurt for the rest of the year. Basically. Uh, 80 minutes, but yeah, let's, let's go with that. But he wasn't, he wasn't terrible in that match. Yeah. But again, that was also when he got injured and it was a nil, nil draw and everyone went home mad. Yeah. Yeah. The old inspector Brad special. So uh, outside of Pato, Uri Rossell and Mauricio Pereira also out of contract, also having had uh, discussions with the club regarding returning for 2022. Rossell has had moments with this team where he was invaluable and moments where he's been the worst player. Yeah, he's been uh, probably one of the worst players on the pitch. Uh, There hasn't necessarily been a in-between for that. If you can get Rossell healthy... He had much of the same problem as Pato. If you can get him healthy and on a contract that is viable to the team's finances, sure. You know, he's still, he's still like, young-ish. He's not fast by any means, uh, but he's still a good distributor. He's 29 years old. He's still got a lot in the tank. He's got a lot of experience. He's 29 years old? Jeez. Yeah. 20, yeah. Yeah. If you would ask I would have guessed like 34. Like 30. yeah. yeah. I know. Looking at, looking he's he's been, he's been playing he for forever, man. He's, yeah. he's younger than me. Yeah. He was originally That's part crazy. of uh, he was originally part of Barcelona's U19 squad in uh, 2011. Yeah. He, I mean, he signed for Sporting Kansas City in 2012. Yeah. He was 20 years old then. I would say about Rosell, it's definitely like I want to say going into 2020, he had such a really good 2019 season, and I I like had personally regarded him as like someone that was very key to the success of Orlando City, especially like specifically in the midfield and how they move the ball. Like you said, he's still very useful in certain roles. I would say he's good depth at a price. He's 
he's definitely good depth because of Sebas Mendez stepped it up another level this year and mm-hmm. Junior Urso has obviously shown how good of a player he is. I mean, you don't well, have a space for him. I don't match, see him his, his best match this year is what between against Montreal. Who? Urso. Maybe? Is that is that the first the first match against Montreal? Yeah, maybe something around there. Either way, the point of the matter is he's good depth if you can get him at the right price and if you can keep him healthy. Because yeah. he does, he plays a role similar to the guys ahead of him. Right, but similar, also Sebas so is going to be... Mendes that... He's going to get called up, though. Sebas is going to get called up to the national team for Ecuador. And you're going to need somebody to fill in for him, whether it's Andres Perea or Uli Rossell, if yeah. Rossell returns. Because as, mu- as good as... As good as you've seen Andres Perea, he's still young and there's still a lot to build upon with him. Whereas on the other side of the coin, you've got Rossell who's experienced pretty much and is. is missing a lot of the athleticism yeah. that Perea would bring to the table. Here's here's a here's a here's something I'm going to throw out there. The club currently does not have any designated players under contract. Yep. What about a defensive mid? Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Who are who are you replacing? I mean, that's the question, though. Are you are you putting are you taking Urso out of that that pairing back there? I think Urso <sighs> took a step back at some point during the season. Yeah, I mean, like there pretty... there were there were moments like he can't go full ninety minutes anymore. No, no. So I think that there. There's definitely there's definitely a point. I think I want to say, um, God, he. I mean, he really turned it on in the middle of the year, like in August. He puts himself in, in good scoring positions, like from a yeah. defensive mid position. Yeah. But you was, also was, you lose something in the defensive midfield because of him getting. He's a box to box midfielder, yeah. and and it's you know I would, at, at the, if he's playing ninety minutes, he can't go hard for. 77 and then the last 10 minutes be a complete waste of space out there out of position and just being beat down the flanks yeah right because that's what happened i mean like during that last playoff game yeah yeah. a lot of people saw that and they're like what's going on here it's like yeah but this has been him like most of the year when it gets 75th minute on he just becomes kind of there he's had moments in the 80th somethingth minute where he gets forward and scores but just because he scores doesn't mean he's not a negative space otherwise. Yeah. I mean well, that's, when you I say think... when you say spending a DP spot on that position, do you have a specific player in mind? Because I would think unless no. you're going for someone that's really world class, I don't think that that's a position that major league soccer teams spend on. I mean these major league soccer teams up until recently barely even spent on DP money for center backs and that's probably an arguably more important position to have, you know, a good player at than a um well, box you know, you know who uh, who may be available. I think he's getting ready to leave his current club. Conte? No, Tony Cruz. <laughs> oh. Okay. I remember uh, okay. seeing Camaro something at, Mar- at uh, Marseille. Hmm. There's a th- we can get into this discussion later on. It's just something to think about the other player we mentioned Mauricio Pereira 
being offered a new contract, probably at a less than DP level, which would then, like you said, open up uh, another DP slot. So all three would be open. I would almost have to assume at this point he's not going to make DP money. So He's still worth, like, a big TAM deal. But whether is whether or not he's going to be the starter for this team, depending on who they bring in, still something to, to think about. I would think what did what did he make this year? I'm trying to find his number. Ooh, uh Pereira, you mean? Yeah, Pereira. He made one point eight mil. Gar- that was base salary. His compensation was one point eight uh one million eight hundred and forty eight thousand. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you could negotiate him down to get him closer to a TAM range. Um, I think that's probably what they're trying to do, rather yeah. than just re-sign him to the same contract. Because, I mean, you're not going to get him... You're, he's older you're now at this point. Of, yeah, you're not... I don't know that you're going to get him totally out of DP range, but you will get you can get him low enough to at least buy him out of, buy him out of a DP spot. Right. Into TAM territory. There's a lot you. to be considered throughout the rest of the the season, like the off season. I mean, because there's just yeah. so many things that could happen. You don't know about Daryl DK. You don't know about any of the rumors flying around right now. There's just a lot. Yeah, they're they're out there. reportedly close. We haven't even we didn't even bring it up on the rundown, but they're reportedly close on a ten million dollar transfer out of Ecuador. Yeah, there's there's been there's been some. Uh, rumblings about that i will say whether that guys serge Aurier is on a expiring contract no 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 <laughs> just just no oh austin uh as a placetta as piliqueta as piliqueta yeah God, he's you on bu- an expiring you butchered contract. that name i yeah, i really wouldn't did. mind that honestly callum chambers he's on an expiring contract He's 26. Serge Aria is 28. By the way, that one player that you mentioned, um, Facundo Torres. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's the one player that you mentioned. Um, could be a... a Gavin, John either right, He's a, a right wing slash left a, wing. He's on an expiring contract. There hasn't been any news lately with him. Like, there's been news that says they've agreed to a contract or whatever, but that was a couple days ago. So, who knows at this point? You know, it could just be very much agent sending rumors around. Mm -hmm. Because that's happened before. I was going to say, it's almost unheard of, though, for these kind of things to be coming out of South America. Mm -hmm. Agents just throw names out to clubs. Yeah, never seen All that before. Never, never seen that before. Yeah. Is it? Isn't Yoshi on an expiring contract too? He is. He's actually going to be a free agent. So. He could go anywhere he wants. So hey, there's your DPDM. This is designated hey. player, defensive mid. Hey, we can. I mean, we can, I, can, I can. I can. I can fire up Photoshop and see what he would look like in an Orlando City kit. <laughs> I bet you could. I bet you. I bet he. He looked pretty convincing too. He uh-huh. replacing Junior Urso as like that box to box guy. Ooh. Or or mid 
they, they do they do need a left back. Bing bong. <laughs> Kyoshi's played both of those positions, so that's a, a topic for another day. Uh, we could spend a lot of time on Orlando City, which we usually do, but today, hey yo, it's all about the pride. Because good God, there's been a lot of news involving the Orlando Pride, and probably not necessarily some that fans are happy with. But uh, let's 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 get into it. So, how we feeling out there tonight? <laughs> yeah, I am not feeling good. Yeah. So, Orlando Pride, the first news that dropped on Monday is that they traded away their longtime captain, Ashton Harris, and second captain, Allie Krieger, to Gotham, New York, New Jersey's Gotham FC. They, in return, acquired a 2023 NWSL draft pick and $50,000 in allocation money, as well as a 2022 first round pick from Gotham on the surface this probably is like ah this isn't a very good return and you're kind of right kind of <laughs> right I mean but what were you really going to get for the two of them I mean that's about as good as I mean first off I don't I don't really like that I don't really like trading like your team's first player their first captain you know the person that basically was the face of the, the franchise for, and a local player too yeah and a local player at that you know it's it you know if you're gonna do that you doing it in a place where they don't get at least like a testimonial or like anything yeah. you're doing it in the off you're doing it like in the off season where it's just like yeah this is just a a, a naked like cash grab basically i don't it's the, the the team people from the team basically said like this is a business don't like get your feelings involved in it pretty much right isn't that isn't that what yeah. the gist of that tweet was yeah and it's like yeah but but man that's not what the sport is that's it's nothing but feelings and and the funny. nwsl specifically because mm-hmm. there's I mean, so yeah. much tied to the players rather than the team and I understand that the new ownership and the new people in, in charge of the team are approaching it as a business. But at the same time, wins are one thing. Ticket sales and merchandise sales are another thing. Are, are another thing. Yeah. Because I mean, ticket I sales you- ticket sales and merchandise sales, usually people will buy tickets to go see their favorite players. See, jumping off what Brad was saying, I mean, this, I mean, the, you, like you said, the captain, the face, like, this is a, a club that has Alex Morgan, but for now, Ashlyn and Allie are the faces of this friend. I mean, like, these are the names that come to my mind when I think of the Orlando Pride. Like, these are the two players that are on the billboards and the advertisings. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they put them I mean, on TV. Allie Krieger is on the Orlando City broadcast. Yeah. Like she is, she's doing broadcasting for the club. Yeah, and and, and like literally, gone. G- Gavin, last week we talked about this. Like, yeah. we literally talked. Okay, who could be saying? And and you asked, is Allie and Ash safe? I'm like, yeah. I mean, they're they're ingrained in this team. Why would they not be safe? And then all of a sudden, bye. 
I said Alex yeah. Morgan's probably safe until next year. Guess what? There's rumors that she's gone. If you see these dogs in your front yard, <laughs> just know upstairs I'm going hard. Bing bong. Yeah, I mean, it's the wolf I, thing. Yeah, like the, the sports the are business. <laughs> God. I'd say if you're looking for a reason, you know, if you're a fan out there looking for an explanation, I mean, what else is there for the pride to do? I mean, they they have tried so hard to yeah. build a functioning star-powered winning roster and through five seasons it just didn't work it could not do it tried so hard and got so far but in the end end, it doesn't doesn't matter matter. yep i mean now there's no time to do it you've got (laughs) you've got cromwell coming in i mean alex is on her way out marta's option was picked up but there's reports that she might go back to brazil again we talked last week like oh she she might retire here like you know showing how much we know um but this is it like this is the full tear down to rebuild back up i don't hate it and it what else can the pride do this is what this is where they're at i mean and if you're gonna rebuild a couple of 35 36 year old players it doesn't really help it's not you can't you know get a a younger goalkeeper in there get younger pieces on that back line to establish something new that the pride need Mm -hmm. now if here's the thing if alex morgan is gone she could she could definitely get a pretty penny and maybe some players because here's the thing the expansion draft is next thursday if san diego picks up a couple players that maybe the pride want and they trade Alex Morgan for those players. You get better at different positions. You still have Sidney LaRue, who was your leading goal scorer and was the league's leading goal scorer at one point. Yeah, like halfway through the season. Yeah. You also you also basically do do what the what the Thorns did to the Pride when they when they were an expansion. Yeah, team the Klingenberg too. trade. What was it? Klingenberg and somebody else. Yeah, uh, I think it was the rights to uh, God. It wasn't the Lindsey girl. Graham, was it? Ah, uh, <laughs> I know who you're it talking about. It might have been because it was. Oh. So it was the um, the number one overall pick in the 2016 college draft. Hmm. Well, didn't they use that pick on um, the girl from UConn, or am I thinking of someone else? No, the who who was the twenty six? Yeah, it was Emily Sonnet. Yeah, that's right. And then she ended up coming back to Orlando for like a cup of tea, and then left again. Yeah, I'm thinking of Rachel Hill. That's the it. Was also Kaylin Kyle who came over with Alex Morgan. Yeah, I forget that. Yeah, well, did Kaylin? I thought she was one of the initial three players that was announced. No, the original the original trade was that the Pride traded the number one overall pick in the 2016 college draft, the first pick in the 2015 expansion draft, which was Klingenberg, and an international roster spot for 2016 and 17 to the Thorns in exchange for Alex Morgan and Kalen Kyle. Uh, okay. See, I thought, I, for yeah. some reason, I thought Ka- Thorns I thought made Kalen out like bandits the- in that. Hmm? Yeah, Thorns made Thorns out. Thorns made out like bandits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. And they ended up what they won the NWSL 
Lee. They won the title that year, didn't they? Yeah. So anyways, um, the thing with Alex Morgan and the trade surrounding her, going to San Diego makes sense because she's from California. Uh, I haven't mentioned this anywhere, and I don't think anyone else has either. So breaking news, Servando Carrasco has retired from professional soccer. If you didn't know, now you know. Um, I talked to him, God, how long ago was it? Like five months ago? Um, I ran into him at a Pride game, and we were just chatting a little bit because I hadn't seen him in a couple years, and we were just catching up at stuff. And, uh, yeah, he was telling me that he, he had retired, he's done playing, and that he's gone back to school um, to study business, I think it was. I can't remember. I know he's gone back to school for something, um, but he is done playing, and I think done with soccer. I don't think he's looking into any coaching necessarily. Um, but, yeah, so, like, realistically he can go wherever alex wants to go and um there, there's really nothing holding them here so now I is mean, the time if they were to pick from the time san diego he's from mm-hmm. just outside of san diego so. yeah, yeah. Uh, her and him i mean him and alex both right or is uh, I... Al- no alex is alex is from san uh, san dimas which is where the hell is it oh. it's just outside of la gotcha yeah. Yeah. So for San Servando, he's going home. Yeah. And I mean, like working with all Joe things Alice considered, and, and all things Duncan. considered, San Diego from L.A. Not is I mean, it's two and a half hours. Yeah. It's not but there, and there's always traffic too, so you always have to think about that. But so it's like six hours. You know, being being two and a half hours away versus. Well, I thought an hour, I thought couple they, hour flight. Big I thought they difference. lived closer to San Diego, though. They might, yeah. I don't know. Point of the matter is, they're in the same state, but the yeah. trade probably and, won't and happen not, until well, after not the just expansion in the same draft. State, but the same area of that state. Right, 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 right. Because the state is Colorado. <laughs> Colorado, uh, California is fucking huge as a yes, state. So. you are you are correct in saying that. Um, the the point of the matter is though. This trade probably won't happen until after the 17th because the expansion draft is on the 16th. So what will happen is San Diego will pick their players. Pride will probably trade for a few of said players and some money, and Alex Morgan will be off on her way. Another Orlando original joining that team. I believe now that Ashland's gone, she is the last person from that 2016 team that is still on Orlando. Tony Presley. I, yes, I it up Tony, Tony is the Presley's, lone player. She will Tony be the lone will be player. the last player on the team. Yep. Oh man, Tony Presley, or also a local Orlando original. Mm-hmm. Now we'll talk about more news when it comes to the Pride roster moves as they come along. But for now, for now, we'll get to the next news story that dropped the next day after. The Ash and Alley trade. New Pride coach. We actually talked about this on the last show because it literally happened as we were recording. But now it is official. Amanda Cromwell, the next head coach of the Orlando Pride. Bing bong. Austin and I gave our thoughts on this. Brad, where do you where do you stand on this hire? I think it's great. I think it's a really great hire. Um, Cromwell has really made UCLA into a really good program. Um, I think... I think if you're going to refresh the roster 
and let her start with a bunch of young players. That's that's really probably a, a good decision. Um, gives her a little bit more uh, say in the locker room and how things sort of mesh. Um, allows, allows her to come in and, and establish herself a bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think as a, as a coaching hire, I, I think this one was a it was about as a good one as they could have made. And I, I think they really made a good choice. She's got a lot of ties to the Central Florida soccer community. You know, former UCF player. Um, coach. And Not player, coach. She, didn't she also play at UCF too? No, she played at Virginia. Oh, I don't know yep. why. He, she got her first like proper D1 job at UCF. Spent fourteen, well, thirteen seasons with with UCF, from two thousand, okay. what was it, two thousand nine to twenty thirteen or twenty twelve? Uh, wow. yeah, nineteen uh, ninety nine yeah. to twenty twelve. Yeah, right. She, her bad. first coaching job was University of Maryland at Baltimore County. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know why I thought she played for UCF, but no, you're absolutely right. She was with Virginia. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, UMBC uh, but yeah, was no, actually she's... Their, her first job, D one wise. But her first right. like her first big big job was UCF because she took them to new heights through two different conferences, by the way. And I mean, yeah, she had, they had ten tournament appearances while she was at UCF. So I mean, that's, eleven. That's okay. That's according to the Orlando Pride press release, by the way. Gotcha. Okay. Four Atlantic Sun Tournament Championships, four Conference USA regular season titles, 2012 Conference USA Tournament title, and a Conference USA Coach of the Year in 2009. That sound about right? Were they even in the conference in 2000? Yes, 2009. Sorry, 1999 is what I was thinking of. But I mean, I, I mean, and then she went on to UCLA, where you know she they, became they the best out. college coach to be a college coach, basically. Like arguably uh, one of the best top five. Yeah, I'd say I'd say one of the one of the best. Um, definitely, she's definitely up there. Um, yeah, I would I would say, uh, what's his name from North Carolina? Um, the name escapes me right now. But um, I think her Anson Mark, Dorrance. That's his name. Um, you know, there is one other coach that I would kind of throw in there as probably the best women's soccer coaches in the country right now. Right now, currently. <laughs> yeah, right now, currently. Um, well, not just currently, but maybe for like the last like, I don't know. Um, Are you talking about Mark Kerkorian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him, him. He's only he's only been there for like the last 15 years. 26? Oh, no, sorry. He's been there since 2005, so... <clears throat> Yeah, about sixteen years. Yeah, um, you know, uh, just won a national uh, championship. Just the, yeah, one has won three national titles there. Um, you know, uh, eight ACC tournaments. Uh, Currently fifteenth uh, all time in wins. Yeah, so um, you know, he's he's definitely uh, a guy I would throw in that consideration for mm-hmm. best best coaches in the U.S. right now. Yeah, I I would argue with that as well. <coughs> But 
Gavin's, All things Gavin's considered, sick that the Seminoles are doing good. <laughs> you mentioned FSU and his his UF heart is just dying inside. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, I would mention Amanda Cromwell is 56th all time in 21 seasons of coaching college soccer. 308 wins, 118 losses. So with that hire, we mentioned Robbie, last I'd week. Probably, I'd probably put Robbie Church in there too. Robbie Church? Duke's coach. He's 59th. He's actually behind Cromwell. Yeah. But, I mean, still, you know, up there. Yeah. He's definitely up there. We talked about this last week, though. Uh, this is this basically a signifier that the Pride are going to go younger. Um, you're, you're like, It also is a signifier that there's probably going to be a lot of growing pains throughout the 2021 season. Not just from the significant shift in the roster, but also the growing pains of a new coaching staff having to learn how NWSL works. Like Becky Burley talked about it when she was here. There was there was significant time to adjust for her and Alan. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, especially coming from the soccer game where there there is a uh, NCAA soccer here in the U.S. is is pretty much entirely different than any other soccer anywhere else mm-hmm. just the way substitutions work and you know managing players that that there's a lot there's a there's a entirely different philosophy that goes into it than it does at the professional level so yeah there's there's the speed of it obviously is another one that that you also have to counter for they're not being such a a huge parody in uh, talent levels, I guess you could say, uh, across you know different teams and players, where like, you know, you might play uh, in, in college. There's there's going to be weaker programs that you might not necessarily have to uh, scheme as well as you would in the in the pro teams, where everyone like any given match, anyone might actually win. So um, there's yeah, there are a bit more considerations to take. Uh, coming into the pro- the the program versus in college, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Pride shape their roster now with Cromwell in place and with Ian Fleming as GM. They're going to be working in tandem together throughout this entire process of going through the expansion draft, making trades, making roster moves, signing players, and trying to figure out how this team is going to look next year. Now the last portion of the news that came out was the exercising of options for the Orlando Pride. The only players that are not coming back are Kanye Plummer and Crystal Thomas. Kanye, a Jamaican national team captain, as well as a UCF grad. Kind of a bummer to see a a local sourced player leaving, uh, but she just wasn't getting the playing time here in Orlando. She ended up getting loaned out to the women's side of Robin Janssen's former club. AIK, uh, where she ended up making six appearances for them. Uh, Crystal Thomas, just she just didn't seem like a an NWSL player some nights. It just the quality wasn't necessarily there. So I can understand both of those players heading out. Uh, they exercised contract options on nine different players, including Marta, as you mentioned before. Uh, their rookie Viviana Villacorta, who Cromwell coached in college as well as Chelsea Washington, who's currently on loan with Canberra United in the A-League. Outside of that, 
They also extended new contract offers to midfielders Maggie Doherty Howard, Taylor Korniak, Jade Moore, Parker Roberts, Allie Riley, and Kaylee Collins. Now, the interesting one on that list was Jade Moore, because Jade did not play a single game for the Orlando Pride. Uh, she was Jade. injured the entire season. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And she was signed in 2020, by the way. She signed April 1st. Right before the COVID shut down everything. So she's gone a whole two years almost without playing a single game for the Pride. But well, they have offered who a new contract. So we will see. Sometimes it, it be like that. It does. It do be like that. Uh, the Parker Roberts one is interesting because she was brought in for, for by Burley as a, a you know a, a former player that Burley had coached at UF, uh, but they did offer a new contract to her, so they offer they obviously saw something in her that could be potential. So that is good to see. Outside of that, Abby Kim, Sydney Larue, Gunny Yonstutter, Marissa Vigiano. Fabian McLernan, Amy Turner, and Kylie Strom are all under contract. So that's where the roster stands. Basically, they have, what, four roster spots open now with two contract options declined and two players traded away? Uh, yeah, depending on how the, the contract offers. Are. Right, yeah, how, how all the results come from next week's expansion draft as well. Because they're only one of two teams without any sort of protection. Them and the Dash. Houston Dash, yep. Uh, the Pride are allowed to basically protect nine players. So they picked up contract options on nine players. And there are others on under contract. Uh, someone's gone. Yeah. Probably multiple people. Well, it, it, at most, can't you get two players taken? I was going to say, I believe each team can select one player from the Pride. Yeah. Each so team they might lose two players. <clears throat> well, the Pride lost two last can't year, lose, right? And you can't to, lose to, they more, lost than two two, to more than one player from each position. Yeah, the Pride because no. the, the Pride lost two players last year, technically. Technically. Alana Kennedy and um, Pride <laughs> legend uh, Caitlin Ford. Yeah. So, yeah, they they lost two players. All things considered, one of them <laughs> not spirit. bad players to lose. <laughs> the two players that weren't ever going to come back. Yep, and uh, Kennedy and Ford have still not come back. But uh, nope, Louisville does Need retain their it. rights if they ever do. Some so there's good, there's that some some real good GM in there. That's uh, GM James O'Connor. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Who takes these backsies, Louisville? I mean, in, in their defense, they did only finish six points worse than Orlando. It's not saying much. <laughs> they were better than KC. Yeah, not saying much. <laughs> KC I was decent when they were in Utah. Person that doesn't talk negative. No, that KC, that K, oh, you're thinking like other KC teams, like when, um, you know, Sydney was still there, uh, that KC team, like towards the end when, before they went to 
Utah was not good. No, no. So even um, Utah wasn't that good. So yeah, outside of all of that pride news, it's called the uh, Midwest because everything in it is mid. <laughs> hey, that new stadium that Casey's building looks cool. Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing things right out there. Skyline Chili Mid. Would would you even call it mid? I'd say it's lower than that. No, it's yeah, it's it's not even mid. If Grant Wall goes on Dan Lebetard and publicly trashes Skyline Chili, that says something. Yeah. You know, you could show me a picture of, of Kansas City and I wouldn't even like I wouldn't be able to identify it. I mean, you've never been to Kansas City. Well, I mean, like I do I we do can, a lot of like, research against cities, but like if I saw a picture of the city, I would recognize it. But like Kansas City, it doesn't have any, any Midwest city like landmarks. No, any any Midwest city outside of like St. Louis would not recognize it. You, I couldn't pick it out of a lineup. You're just saying it doesn't have a landmark that you could say, oh yeah, that's Kansas City. We can we can say these things now that Julia is not within earshot of us and won't bludgeon <laughs> us to death. Uh, she's coming back in January. I'm I'll. I'll probably see her at that point i don't think she's gonna listen to this though as long as no one tattles on us people do love to tattle anyways emily van egmond uh going to newcastle jets while the pride retain her rights just a little uh afternoon tuesday note that they put out there um she came back for all of what like a match (laughs) yeah pretty pretty much she she really only like played two games and that was it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, dude. Hey, Appreciate you know, it. she she might be back next year. They might sign her to a new contract. Who knows? She I mean, she came back on the 7th and is already gone. October uh, she came back October 7th and was already gone. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was two ma- two matches. Yeah. Yeah, two matches. That's how it goes. All right, last Ooh, thing boy. I want to talk about We're done with the Pride unless you have anything else to mention. Uh, I want to talk about the MLS Next Pro. OCB is back. You're not Peter Parker. They will be playing in the new league starting this next year in 2022 alongside a multitude of other MLS-owned B teams, if you will. 21 different clubs, including OCB, will be playing in the inaugural Division Three sanctioned league consisting of all MLS teams except the Rochester team owned by Jamie Vardy. Pardoned. Huh. Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Because I don't think this got, I mean, it got the attention, but isn't that sad? Yeah, you're joining, You're instead like, of joining like USL League One, or the championship, he's like, nah, let's let's go join the the league that is an offshoot of the major league soccer league. And is also I think he, like I think designed- he thinks I think he thinks that it's it's like promotion relegation where you can go to the MLS B team and just be like, ah, I'm gonna start a team here and we'll just get promoted when we do really well. That love um, love to go out and play in front of eight people if, if on a you, Tuesday night 
in Minnesota. Uh, just thinking about how smart Jamie Vardy and his family are. Yep, that checks out. <laughs> you'll start seeing the, a, a you'll start seeing an article in like the Nutmeg News, which is like the um, the Nutmeg News is like the onion of the soccer world. It's just like Jamie Vardy at the end of first MLS next pro season after winning the league. Why aren't we in MLS? You know, I was once featured in the Nutmeg News. Were you really? Yeah. What for? They released a list of like our quote unquote beat writers and they included me as the Orlando City beat writer for the Nutmeg News along with uh, a bunch of other uh, MLS community bloggers. That's funny. Yeah. You must feel so honored. Yeah, it was it was a very nice honor. Even though to this day, I don't think anyone really knows who runs that account. Nope. It's a complete yeah. mystery. All right, so the MLS Next Pro. Real, real banger of a tweet um, the other day, though. There's eight other teams that will be joining the league. So right now, there are a number of teams that will be joining MLS Next Pro from USL Championship and USL League One. So that's kind of interesting for the USL teams because they're losing, I think, four teams each from USL League One and USL Pro. Which is yeah, but I don't think USL I, I don't, didn't want those teams there anyway. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Say, I don't think they really guys, care. Guys, League One has like eight teams total. Okay. Now they've so, got more joining. Yes. Okay, so the Central Valley Fuego FC will be joining this coming year, as well as the Charlotte Independents. They're dropping down from Championship to League mm-hmm. One. Uh, outside of that, you're going to be losing... Well, I think even beyond next year, like Charlie Davies has a team coming in in the next couple of years in Vermont. Yeah, you're losing Fort like, Lauderdale, there's, there's North Texas, and Toronto, as well as the New England Revolution too. Those are the, the four teams that are currently playing in League One that will be moving. They have North Colorado Hailstorm FC joining in 2022 as well. So there's that. So they'll they'll actually have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven teams for the twenty twenty two season. Nice. And then they have three teams to join in twenty twenty three in Fort Wayne, Lexington, and Spokane, Washington. Bing bong. And they're probably they're probably going to start introducing pro rel between League One and Championship at some point in the near future, from what I've heard. In addition to going to a European calendar. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Imagine imagine playing like it, just just imagine playing in Spokane, Washington, in December. Yeah, I think we mentioned this on the last show. I don't want to sit they outside. Do it in a, in can they do it on a December. cold night in Spokane? Or Madison, Wisconsin. Or Fort Wayne, Indiana. Can they do it on a sleety night in Richmond, Virginia? Yeah. Nobody can. (laughs) Uh, And there's also... If Mark Martin can't, no one can. (laughs) (laughs) There's also Detroit City FC. Like, Detroit gets pretty cold in the the December areas. So cold in the D. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. 
that's that's really all of the Orlando stuff. I kind of wanted to talk about a few other random things that have happened over the last couple of days that are just kind of interesting, just in terms of like world soccer stuff. Um, did you guys hear that Orlando City signed a new FIFA player? Uh, yeah, you probably didn't. Uh, no. Javier Mendez. that information. Yeah, Javier Mendez has been signed as the new. Uh, FIFA player after Douglas Bendick has See, announced that he he announced that he was leaving Orlando City and looking for a new team for the 2022 season. See if you told me that FIFA ape was just kind of like still there. He is still there. <laughs> FIFA oh, ape is still it. there. He's their FIFA ambassador. Oh. He does like videos for them occasionally. Oh. Yeah, he's just not their gamer. He's just kind of uh, like their their yeah. game ambassador. I don't know. It's weird. Must be a nice gig. Yeah, I mean, he's got a full time job that he works otherwise, but he's still like part of the team to do content. We're at like Avis. Like what? <laughs> We're at like Avis. I do, maybe yeah. I don't know. I mean, he works part time at Enterprise Rent a Car. I think he's got a full time job. Don't quote me on any of this. Anyways, other news in the MLS area. Minnesota United designated player Emmanuel Reynoso has been accused and arrested of pistol whipping a 16-year-old boy in Argentina. Yep, not good. No. Like, God, what are you doing? You know, in my hometown of Palm Coast, there there used to be this uh, Italian restaurant called Goomba's. And it was run by, like, some, like, former mobsters or something. And, like, the, the big thing that happened was, like, the the owner, like, pistol whipped some customer or something just what? in the heat of the day. And that was just, like, a whole big thing. Like, I, like this, in, it's a very small town. And like in everyone heard about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Jesus. Unbelievable. So that story just always sticks with me. I always think of simpsons where homer like thinks pistol whip is like cool whip but you eat it with a pistol <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, where did i that's see right. that i just it's saw the that simpsons, it's the simpsons gift that brad posted in the chat i was gonna say had. brad okay i was like i just saw that yeah um i just saw the one too that someone posted the other day and it was like where homer uh dresses up fancy because they got like a new dog and he wanted to impress it He's like, do you think the dog noticed me? <laughs> He's just like wearing a tie at the dinner table. Uh, let's see. Other oh, news that has happened in general. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the, um, what's it called? Oklahoma City news that Energy FC has suspended their season for 2022 because their high school location is tearing down their field and they have nowhere else to go. The famous OKC sod. OKC Energy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, other news. Chris Armis. Guys, remember him? The worst coach in Toronto FC history? Yeah, it turns out um, that failing upward thing with Manchester United seems to be a trend. Uh, first with Mark Skinner, now with Chris Armis, because Armis is being hired onto uh, Ralph Ranigic's staff. For is, Manchester is, United's men's side. Is Jesse Marsh going to join him over there? Maybe. <laughs> he's he's, o- mean, he's open. Yeah, he's, I mean, 
did Leipzig win today? They did. <laughs> Jesse Marsh in shambles. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's uh, not great. No, I would assume not. Oh, well. Remember when, remember when he was supposed to be like the next big Barcelona coach for, shambles. for the U.S.? Yeah, yeah uh, still could be. Just wasn't like he was he was succeeding uh, until he wasn't. From what I understand, and yeah. like having seen quotes from like uh, Leipzig's technical director or, or someone of that nature, it was just kind of like they were moving the team in a different direction that didn't necessarily fit with Marsh's style of coaching. Right. Um, you know, a thing that happens to all the great coaches. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, isn't to say that he wasn't at fault, but it was like a combination of, yeah, this team isn't exactly what you we thought we were giving you and it's going to be something different and you know, you're not really the coach for that team. <laughs> you know, all the Champions League coaches that are doing really great right now are really getting pushed out the door. I mean, look what City's doing to Pep and Liverpool doing to, uh, uh, you know, you're <laughs> uh, over there, so. Oh, Klopp, it's going, yeah. Klopp, yeah. It's going great. It's going, they're, they're really, Arsenal's they're pushing re- out uh, Arteta too, right? Well, yeah, but that's but that's justified. So, <laughs> uh, other news coming from the league: Don Garber has announced that uh, the new broadcast deal that MLS will have will not have blackouts locally, which is so pretty big. That has been corrected. He never actually said that. Really, it was just that the next TV contract will include all of the local broadcasts. Uh huh. There was no direct quote. So somebody blackout. Somebody somebody completely misquoted him. Or, oh my God. yeah, got it. Um, I do see here that an NYCFC fan is excited to travel to Portland for the first time since a Proud Boys rally. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, my employer hitting again on another one. Uh-huh. The nutmeg news. Mm-hmm. Uh right. Last thing, MLS Cup Final, as you mentioned already. It's Portland NYCFC. Just. It is Saudi Arabian Oil Money versus Merritt Paulson FC. It's just absolutely devastating. Gun to your head. Who are you picking? Regrettably, Portland. Uh, I would like to pick Giant Meteor. Is that an option? Heat, death, of the universe. Yes. If I could pick neither, I would. But I will probably, if I considering how inescapable the oil money nations are in sports nowadays, with you don't want to see them win F one and the World Cup and all this, it does feel like NYCFC will unfortunately succeed, though. You don't want to see them win, which. Which which would be fun to watch Portland fans in their own building go home crying. Mm. Would be fun. Hadn't hadn't thought of it from that one, but that does also mean a cross country flight for NYCFC going home pissed. Uh, that's a I good mean, one either too. way, a team a, a fandom is going I'm home pissed. pissed now. 
And that's so, I mean, I'm just way. sitting here doing the Larry David gif where it's just, eh, yeah. Eh, yeah. well, Because eh. comparatively Which, speaking to the macho man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. Which we got um, a new AT&T phone plan recently, and it came with HBO Max, and so I finally started watching Curb, and it's been well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Kate hadn't seen it, so we started, and I think we're on, like, season five now. Mm -hmm. It's very good. I think season six is where it picks up, but that's just me. By the way, can we we just go ahead and quickly talk about the fact that there has been either Seattle or Portland in an MLS Cup final since 2015. Uh, yeah. Like, yep. That got brought to my attention and I had to share it with you guys. So that's just amazing. Genuinely amazing. Well, I mean, you think about it and it was, it was what the galaxy was in the cup final every year prior to that. Yeah. So it's one of those West coast teams, like very West coast. Yeah. But still. Yeah, that's a fun thing mm-hmm. to notice, I guess. I don't know. You know we've dragged on longer than we originally attended because my audacity is like spazzing out right now trying to get me to stop recording. <laughs> so let's go ahead and stop. Uh, I, think, I think that'll be the end of the show because uh, we, have, we have reached over an hour and we've said all we need to say. So uh, we will reconvene in a couple weeks when more news drops but until then for gavin eubank and brad newton i'm austin david saying thanks and uh, we'll see you next time bye-bye you're dirty brown water trash and you're always going to be dirty brown water trash